Welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks, and my one goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. You know, I believe that every single person was created on purpose for a purpose, and that's one of the things we say all the time at our church, but I truly do believe it. You know, I just released my Genesis study, and in it, I talk about how in Genesis chapter 1, God notes that every person, everything that was created was made with seed within itself. In other words, God's letting us know from the very beginning of creation, two things. Number one, all you need is already on the inside of you. All the gifts, all the talents, all everything is already within you. And the second thing that lets me know is God made us with multiplication in mind. Like he created us knowing that what where we are currently is not all there is, that there's so much more ahead of us. But I think a lot of us get to this place where we look around at our lives and it feels anything but significant. And we begin to question our purpose. You know, I read a recent study, uh, several years ago, and it said that over 80% of Christians do not know what their purpose is. And Brian, my husband talked about not too long back about what would it look like if 80% of our body wasn't functioning right? Well, that would be terrible, right? Like it would be awful if 80% of our body wasn't functioning the way that it was supposed to function. And um, we wouldn't be able to do all the things that we do. I wouldn't have been able to go on the run that I went on this morning. I wouldn't be able to lift weights. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast, right? 80% of your body is huge. And so you think about the global picture of the body of Christ, that 80% of us do not know what we're supposed to do. And so I want to talk to you today about just some really simple questions to help you understand what are you called to do? What is your purpose in life? And I think these questions will help. But what I really want to challenge you on is to take time to journal them out. One of the most powerful things I ever did is years and years ago, whenever I first got saved, um, I had gone through a lot of trauma in my childhood. And um, I had heard a psychologist say that one of the best things you can do is to write. Whenever you write, it begins to move things off of your brain and your brain is able to process the pain. And so when you write, things come out of your heart and out of your soul that you never even expected. And so I started writing and through writing, God began to do a deep healing in my spirit and in my soul. And through that, I have journals full of writing now all the way back to 2002. So literally like 18 years of journals, right? But through those journalings, I've helped um, myself understand what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my soul. But also too, I've been able to understand what it is that I'm called to do. And I'll say that I think it's a journey of figuring out what you're called to do. Um, in fact, I, for those of you that don't know, I actually was going to school to be an elementary uh, teacher. I always thought all my life that I was going to teach. Um, in fact, my brother and my sister growing up, I would make them play classroom on Saturdays and I would give them homework and make them sit there and I'd give them like fake assignments. I loved it so much. And I would stand up there and I would act like I was teaching. And so I graduated high school, went off to college, and I was sure I was going to be a teacher. So I was several years in and uh, we served at my husband's dad's church. And we went out to dinner one day and we're sitting there at dinner and his uh, dad goes, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Um, do you guys want to hear it? And we we're like, sure. And he goes, which do you want first? And we was like, well, tell us the bad news first. He goes, the bad news is we lost our children's pastor. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. 
And he goes, but I've got good news. And we go, okay, great. And he goes, I've got new ones. And we're like, great, who is it? He goes, y'all. And we're like, wait a second. Like, I don't feel called to be a children's pastor. But he goes, Crystal, you're the perfect fit. Like, you're going to school for elementary education. Like, this is going to be awesome. So we go in there to teach these kids. And you guys, it was the biggest mess you've ever seen. It was not good. It was not pretty at all. And so through that, we realized that we are definitely not called to be uh, children's pastors at all. And so that was, we served in that role for, I think, just a few services. And then we um, respectfully declined in the interest of the children. And not only did we decline that, I went to my college campus and I withdrew from uh, my elementary education courses. And I decided there is no way that I can do that. Now, I want to say that, you know, from a young age, I knew that I felt like I was called to teach. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, I just felt like the strong passion to teach. Um, even when I was in dance, people would say, wow, you're just such a great teacher when it comes to stuff like this. So it didn't matter what kind of realm God had me in. I was always being used in that teaching gift. And now I look back over my life because one of the things that I love doing is help teaching people the Bible, right? Like I love helping people understand. I like to demystify scripture, if you will, to take these really hard concepts and break them down to really simple things. So now I can look back over my life and I see how God was weaving purpose all throughout it. I just didn't see it. I, I was looking for purpose to show up looking completely different than it did and really truly purpose showed up is me just following these these simple questions I'm about to give you and all of a sudden I begin to unearth it and even now in my life I've realized like my greatest fulfillment is really not preaching on big stages I've preached on some of the biggest stages like to thousands of people but my greatest fulfillment is when people truly understand the word whether it's through uh, my Facebook group or maybe on a podcast or maybe it's in my community group, um, whatever it is, it's when I get into those small intimate settings and I'm able to one-on-one -on -one with somebody help break things down, it helps me feel fulfilled. And I feel more my purpose then than when I'm speaking to thousands of people. And so I say that it's been a place of just really being observant and what brings me joy and what doesn't. And so I'm going to give you these questions and I want you to take some time to really think about them and break them down for your own life. And I think as you do, you're going to have greater clarity for what it is that God's truly called you to do. Because the first thing I want to let you know before we get into this is that you, without a doubt, have a calling and have a purpose. I think the one thing that the enemy wants us to feel like is that we don't have a calling. I remember I thought for years that everybody else had a calling, but God just forgot about me. And I just want to encourage you right now, right where you're at, that God has not forgotten about you, that he has a great plan and a great purpose for your life, that you've not been forgotten, you're not overlooked. And so just have that in the back of your mind. And I think that as we go through these questions and you continue to go through these questions, because I really feel like our purpose is more of like a slow discovery and you think about like kind of like a scavenger hunt you know where you get all the clues and then when you put all the clues together you get the bigger picture of what they were trying to show you I feel like our life is like a scavenger hunt and God has hidden clues all throughout our life to get us to the big aha moment of this is what we're called to do so are you ready number one what do I do that is effortless for me what do I do that is effortless for me? 
you know, there's certain things that you do that it doesn't even feel like work. Like you just love doing it. Like there's the way that you're wired, the way that you think, it just actually just comes together for you. For other people, it just makes them exhausted. And for you, it just comes effortless. I, I will say that we are in the midst of a huge kitchen remodel right now. And that is not effortless to me. Like coming up with all those details, thinking about does this flooring go with that flooring? Does this paint color? It's exhausting. Can I do it? Yes. But is it exhausting? Absolutely. And I don't feel like I could do that all day, every day. Um, I remember whenever I first started pastoring, I thought that counseling was just part of it, right? And so these people would come to me and they'd need counseling. And so I would do it and I hated my job. I hated it. I hated counseling. And then finally one day I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't effortless for me. So it's not part of my calling. Why am I doing it? Like there's other people who are called to do it. And so we refer people out to this counselor and when I talk to her and I, I listen to what she goes through with these people, I think I could never do this. Why? Because it's not my calling. And so whenever you're called to do something, it's almost going to feel like it's effortless for you. It's really difficult for everybody else, but for you, it just naturally clicks in your mind. And whenever that happens, uh, be observant of what are those things for you. Maybe it's organizing things. Maybe it's planning a party. Um, there's some people who are so gifted at like organizing a pantry. I'm terrible at it. Like my pantry honestly looks like trash most of the time because organizing things is not a gifting of mine. Like I love when things are organized, but to me, it's so much work to do it. I, I just, I, my brain doesn't think that way. Number two, are you ready for this? Um, what areas am I a go-to person? So sometimes whenever I ask the first question, a lot of times people don't know how to answer that. They're like, well, I don't really think I have anything. And I can already hear you because some of you probably were thinking that, right? Um, but what areas are you a go-to person? You know, one of my friends, um, her name is Ashley, and she is a go-to person for TJ Maxx. Like this sounds funny, but she loves going to TJ Maxx. And so she's like a go-to person for people. Like they go to her and they ask her advice like, hey, Hey, how do I find the best deals at TJ Maxx? What are, what days are the best days to go? Like this sounds small, but like for her, her brain is just naturally wired that way. Like she loves it. It's something she does. And so people are always asking information from her for that. And so I want to encourage you, like even with your life, look over your life. What are the things that people are constantly coming to you for advice for? Um, are they coming to you for help because, you know, back to organization of your closet? Or are they coming to you for help when they need to plan a party? Are they coming to you for help when they need their makeup done? And all those are indicators to your purpose. I will say out of all the years that I've been on this earth, very few people have asked me for tips on makeup. It would be foolish for me to start a YouTube channel on makeup. Why? Because I'm not an expert in that field. In fact, picking makeup is anything but effortless for me. Like it takes a lot of work and I constantly question myself, am I doing the right thing, right? But that's not part of my purpose where other people absolutely love it. They can put together a right look and like really quick, right? But for me, it's a lot of work. So what, what are you a go-to person on? Number three, what do I wish I could stop doing? This is a great indicator of what you're not called to do. So whenever you're not called to do something, it feels so heavy. A friend of mine, um, she thought all of her life what she wanted to do was to be a receptionist, which is, I, I laughed at her. I'm like, a receptionist? Really? Like, 
that's what you feel like your life calling is? She's like, yes, like I love people. I love being around people. Like it's so great. And so she gets a job and she's a receptionist. She cannot wait to go to work, y'all. She got there and hated it. After just a few weeks, she realized the one thing she hates doing is talking to people. She hated everything about answering the phone all day, every day. And so I want to tell you that not just looking at the things that you love to do, but also look at the things that you don't like to do and ask yourself, why? Like, what is it about this that I don't enjoy? And that's going to be a big indicator of your calling and your purpose. Number four, what environments am I drawn to? What environments am I drawn to? So there's certain atmospheres that you just come alive. Like you love it. Like you could do it all day, every day. Again, another example would be I hate outdoors. I don't like hiking. I don't like canoeing. I don't like kayaking. All of that sounds horrible. But to another person, it absolutely makes them come alive. So what environments do you love? Like, what are you drawn to? I love meetings. Um, one of my natural, one of my giftings from God is a spiritual gift of administration. Like, I'm just really good at administration. So I love hearing the big picture and thinking about all the steps that it's going to take to get there. And so I'm drawn to that where my husband is repelled by that. So he has not got the gift of administration at all. And so he wants to give the big picture and somebody else figure it out. But for me, I love long meetings. I love planning all the stuff out. And so that's an indicator of your calling and your purpose. What areas, what environments are you drawn to? What do you love? Um, if, if you love music, there's something about that that is part of your calling and your purpose, right? Like I enjoy music, but I'm not drawn to it and um, there's not that like draw to listen to it all the time or to listen to the little things like Brian will notice every little thing in a song like a different bass line um, different drums coming here a key change and that's what makes the song great I notice none of those things um, but environments that I'm drawn into I love those deep meetings I love deep bible studies um, I love listening to um, deep preaching talking about um, the different things about scripture I, I love like I'm drawn to that but that's part of my calling and part of my purpose I will listen to the most boring podcasts you've ever heard in your life and Brian will be like how are you listening to this and getting so much out of it but because my brain is wired to be a teacher I love listening to that I can listen to somebody who's dry as saltine crackers but get so much out of it right but that's because my brain's wired for that like I love teaching and so where he is not wired in that way number five what do I shy away from so this is another indicator of your calling and your purpose. Like what are the things that you just kind of shy away from? And usually those are an indicator to your calling and your purpose. Um, most of the things that we're called to do don't sound like a lot of fun on the onslaught, right? They actually make us really, really scared, really nervous. And those things are great indicators of possibly something that you're called to do. So what I want you to do is take those five questions and I want you to spend time with the Lord and just really start to write down the things that come to mind. And then what I want you to do is I want you to be an observer of your life. I want you to picture it like you're watching yourself from like an up above kind of view. 
And I want you to see how you respond to different situations, see how you react when different opportunities come up. And then as you begin to see yourself and try different things and see how you feel when you put them on. Some things you're never going to know if you're called to do them until you pick them up. Just as me with being a child teacher, right? Like the teacher in school. I thought that that was the best idea ever until I picked it up. And so for some of you, the best thing that you can do is to begin to go and try some things. Begin to go and put yourself out there and see, does this resonate? Does this actually make me come alive? Does this make me have like a fire lit up on the inside of me? And so as you begin to try things, you'll begin to be able to develop your understanding of your purpose and your calling. I hope that helps you out. I'm so thankful to be here with you on this podcast. Um, I mentioned my Genesis study at the front of this. It is phenomenal and what God's doing with it is amazing. So if you haven't gotten your copy, you want to be sure, go on over to Amazon, grab my book, uh, The Genesis Study. I'll have the link down below in the show notes. As always, share this podcast if it encouraged you. Help us spread the word so we can help others and let's do something awesome for God this week.